you know what? It's not very often Alabama kicks the ever-living blue blood out of Kentucky. But we did it today. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Uh, couldn't be better after that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Listen, we're going to do a quick post-game wrap-up. This isn't going to be a full episode, but this was the kind of game that is worthy of a post-game wrap-up, so that's what we're going to do. Um, Jimmy, very, very exciting times. Uh, Alabama played so well today. Look, I know initially – they, they didn't show out necessarily. I mean, there was a good stretch right at the very beginning. Then there was a lull in the in the game itself. I mean, Alabama nor Kentucky could buy a basket. You could attribute it to good defense too. But in that second half, my goodness, I mean, that was just a throttling. It, it, you know, the announcers, I know you went to the game, but the announcers kept talking about, you know, this is going to be close to the worst beating Kentucky's ever had in this conference, which is like 30 points. Now, obviously, Alabama didn't get there. Kentucky hit two very late threes that kept it from being in that neighborhood, but whew, that was awesome. I mean, what a great job by Nate Oates and, and the whole team. Yeah. What I really like about this team is, you know, Brandon Miller is as good or better than any player we've ever had at Alabama in Alabama basketball history, but great because of Brandon, Brandon may be one of the primary reasons the team is great but the team is great because there's a litany of other players that step up. Charles Bediaco, who has frankly taken levels of grief. Now, I might overdo comments on message boards, but Charles Bediaco has taken some level of criticism for failing to match up with another team's big-time center uh, defensively, uh, whether it's Drew Timmy or, or, or some of these other you know really good players that we've played. But – Charles Bediaco, especially in the first half, sort of sent a message to Oscar Shibway that today was not going to be Shibway's day to get 20 and 18. And, and that that was that's huge. To me, it's the biggest thing in the game, frankly, in terms of defending Kentucky or dealing with Kentucky was the way Bediaco uh played today. Second Javon Quinterly secondarily, but both at the point guard position. But Mark Sears. Next level great today. I mean, I, I, I laughed twice today in the game about thinking about what Mark Sears would be doing to the poor point guards at Bowling Green and Northern Illinois and, uh, you know, and Toledo. Uh, and, and he's out there whipping, you know, uh, Severe Wheeler, you know, Kentucky's outstanding point guard. Mark Sears, awesome today. Javon Quinterly also played really, really well as uh, Mark Sears, uh, uh, you know, him, him and Mark share that point guard responsibility. And then, of course, Brandon Miller showing off in the second half the sort of skills that will make him an extremely hot draft pick. But what a great team. And uh, I'm glad today that even though with 32 NFL scouts, NFL scouts, boy, boy, they miss. They, they, right they, they think we're super tough. We're a super right, tough team. Right address, wrong building, NFL. <laughs> Because that's across the street. But no, 32 NBA scouts in attendance and all there to see. We know who they're there to see. 
they got an eye full of a bunch of good Bama players today. Uh, they did, and look, Mark Sears was was awesome again. I think this this team, whenever you talk about Alabama, it always starts and ends with Brandon Miller, and Miller was great. I mean, it's funny. I mean, in the second half, he went on kind of like a little mini run on his own that you were like, oh, my God, this guy's unbelievable. But for a lot of other stretches in the game, I mean, he – he was he was good. I mean, and you could see the potential, but he wasn't uh, he wasn't Brandon Miller esque. And then you look down. He averages nineteen point one points a game. He got nineteen points. He averages about what eight rebounds a game. He got seven rebounds. So yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't his best game, but he had one of his best stretches where he uh, had a couple of steals, had a dunk, had a three pointer. Um, There's sort of a step back that just wowed everybody the only thing the announcers could talk about that maybe is a negative on him is that his shot trajectory is a little bit low which I, I agree with it's not one of those high arching shot shots but um you know that's something that's not, you're not going to nitpick that to death I mean Steph Curry's got that but he almost has to because he's shorter Brandon Miller's six nine so it's tough to block his shot and he's probably never had many people block his shot to be quite honest with you um Betty Ako, I'm glad you brought him up because I was sitting uh, before we got into this podcast thinking about, okay, who really stood out? Now, Clowney, I thought, played well again, but Clowney, it was a very Clowney-esque game. He had six rebounds and eight points. Um, probably could have done a little more, uh, but, you know, he he was really, really good. At the very beginning, Betty Ako sort of set the tone. Um, he was able to get inside. He was not scared of Shibway at all. Here's something I didn't know. Now, I'm taking the ESPN announcers at their word for this. Oscar Shibway has never been out-rebounded. I assume they meant since he's been at Kentucky, so it's like a year and a half. Has never been out-rebounded by anybody on the opposite team. Brandon Miller out-rebounded him. Noah Clowney, Charles Bediaco, and Mark Sears all tied him in rebounds with six. I thought that was a pretty incredible stat. Uh, it says a lot about Shibway, honestly. I mean, he's a great player, but I mean, Alabama just shut him down today. Wow. Um, again, kudos to the staff for the job they've done. Let me tell you somebody else who stood out. Now, Mark Sears, we could do a whole podcast on him. He looks awesome. He's he's really feeling himself right now. Same thing with Javon Quinterly. He's he's getting back to that uh, jelly fam five star status. Rylan Griffin. Yeah. Rylan Griffin had a beautiful bounce pass to Brandon Miller for a huge dunk. I mean, just this cat, I'm telling you, I mean, we talk about Clowney and we talk about Miller and Mark Sears as a transfer, but Griffin just, every time he's on the court, I I feel good. I mean, I feel, I'm I'm not worried about him being on the court at all, even as a freshman and the fact he doesn't play as much as the rest of the guys. It happens with the football team, Luke, that we have unbelievably great players that overshadow good players. And we don't talk enough about really good players. And that, that Rylan Griffin is an unbelievable freshman, him and Jaden Bradley both. But Brandon Miller's just so next level freakish. And, Jav- and, and, uh, and Noah Clowney, who's also going to play, have a significant NBA career, so next level freakish. We almost overlook or don't talk enough about. Rylan Griffin and Jade Bradley, but you know, you brought up Griffin. What a great, great player. He could in almost any other recruiting class, Luke, he would be the star of the recruiting class at Alabama and almost any other class, but uh, 
God, what, what an unbelievable job that Nate Oates has done in terms of building this roster and coaching the team. It's not just recruiting. It's developing the talent. And uh, this is a really, really good Alabama basketball team. I'm so eager to see what they do down the road. But let's enjoy it one game at a time. Let's not just focus on what's going to happen in March. What's going to happen in March? What seed are they going to be? Who are they going to play? Is this an Elite Eight team? Let's just enjoy it game to game, uh, a team that plays this hard and this well. Jimmy, I want to tell everybody about betonline.net. Betonline.net is where you want to go to get that bet in. Love betonline.net. If you took the Tide minus six today, you just cleaned house. You could probably could have done an alternate line. I bet you they let you do that at betonline.net. But you can bet on pro football, which will be going on today, college football, the national championship. They'll have all kind of prop bets. Um, NBA, college basketball, of course, whatever you want, they got it at betonline.net. So easy to navigate, so easy to pay in, even easier to get paid when you win that money. You can play poker too. This is a lot of fun. I've played poker while watching games on betonline.net. It's just a ton of fun. And um, it's really, really simple to get started. Just go to betonline.net. You know why? Because betonline.net is where the game starts. Jimmy, I'm going to keep you for a little bit longer here. Please Um, do first of all, Jaden Bradley, let me tell you, um, this guy, he has such a, I mean, he's not a, he's not like a leaper, right? But he's one of those dudes that can hang in the air for a long time. And he's so strong. He gets to the bucket, he gets the contact, and then he gets the, uh, the and one. A lot of times they called a charge on him on an and one opportunity in the first half. And I thought it was completely bogus. Um, there was no doubt in my mind Severe Wheeler was moving and moving like turning to the side. He wasn't like sh- moving his sliding his feet. Uh, should, but, you know, refs get so charge happy sometimes. Um, but I, I was fine with it because I'm like, if you get that, if you get a bad call doing a good move, I can live with that because you're not always going to, you're eventually refs are going to get that right. He's just got one of those uh, playground uh, rec league moves where, okay, I, I can't jump over everybody. Now, he may be able to. We, have, we may just not have been able to see what kind of athleticism he has. But he gets to the bucket, he absorbs the contact, and then is strong enough to still get the ball up and have the and one opportunity. A lot of guards can't do that. And um, he's got a lot of patience with it. He uses the backboard very, very well, which is a, a lost art. But I'm very happy with him as well. Um, let me ask you this. And, and I think you make a great point about, first of all, everybody quit worrying about Towards the end of the game, you run out of things to say when you're beating somebody by 30, right? So the announcers started going off about, yeah, you know, in the SEC, I would rank them this way. I think this Alabama team could win it all, could go to the Final Four, whatever. Um, but that, you know, I'm, I'm always like, hey, let's let's take it game by game. we got a tough one coming up Wednesday again against Arkansas. Um, but, you know, Texas lost its coach, Chris Beard. They eventually had to fire him. I mean, I think they had no choice. And there are some people at least guessing that they would make a run at Nate Oates. Um, I've actually had a couple of people on Twitter ask about it. I think Nate Oates is very, very happy. I think Nate Oates' family is very happy in Tuscaloosa. And frankly, I think he's got a perfect situation. Now, Texas is always Texas. Texas is always a problem, is always a thing. They were kind of close to getting Nick Saban. I don't care what anybody says. So, they could be an issue if they wanted to be, I'm sure. They've got plenty of money and plenty of resources. But Alabama's got a lot of money and a lot of resources, too. I'm not sitting here uh, gnawing my fingernails, worried to death that Nate Oates is bolting for Austin, Texas. Are you? Uh, 
Yes and no. Uh, oh, thanks for backing me up. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not worried because um, I, I don't think it would happen. I really don't. Uh, so many things have to happen for that to happen. Texas has to put him number one on their wish list, and Nate has to want to leave, and Alabama uh, has to not care if he leaves or not make a competitive offer. Uh, so in that sense, I don't worry about it. Uh, there, there's too much stuff that would have to happen. But here's the thing. Whether you're talking about assistant coaches in football, and there's been a lot of talk, and we talk about it all the time, you know, Pete Golding, Bill O'Brien, that sort of thing. As a coach, you're on, there's only two lists, Luke. There's only two. The, the list of these guys are doing such a great job, they might go somewhere else, because of, or this coach is doing such a perceived bad job, we need to fire him. So you, you're either on the list that's that's moving up or the list that's being fired. And Nate Oates is on the list that's moving up. And hey, the the only other the, the alternative sucks. We want him on that list because when you're on the other list, you know Anthony Grant, he was on the other list. Uh, uh, Avery, you're on the other list. Uh, at the end of your career, Mark Godfrey, you're on the other list. But Nate's on the first list. The going up that could mean Texas. That could mean Kentucky. Because, oh, thank goodness, today, Luke, we are not locked on Wildcats because I shudder to think what's going on over there. And I, I don't even want to talk about it or be a part of it, but they're talking about this, and they're talking about the fact that their guy was out-recruited out and out-coached. That, 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 that's coming up today. Uh, truthful or not, it's coming up podcast today that – our coach, the greatest to ever live, the Nick Saban of college basketball, our coach was not out-coached, but out-recruited, out-developed. That guy at Alabama, he's better than the guy we got. So that's what's coming up today, whether that's truthful or not. But you know what's being said. Now, uh, that just means, you know, Nate's on his way up. Now, whether that means remaining at Alabama forever, uh, I, I think I find that hard to believe based on Nate's age. Uh, let's just enjoy being really good and enjoy the fact that Nate Oates has tremendously improved Alabama's program and enjoy the fact that as of right now, he's not going anywhere. Uh, he's certainly going to be here this season and we got a lot to accomplish, but am I worried about him going to Texas? Not so much. Am I worried that Nate's not going to finish his whole career at Alabama? Well, there's no way he will. I mean, there's no way he will. He's not going to be here till he's 65. Why don't you just have a nice warm glass and shut the hell up? <laughs> You don't like, you don't like, but he's not. I mean, why would I mean? I, I don't I mean, know. He's probably not, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, Jimmy, that's like saying, you know, Luke, you're not going to live to see your great grandchildren. You're not going to do it. You're 50. Your kids aren't even close to being marriageable or having babyable age. And then they got to get to babyable age after that. So, yeah. Luke, no, if you want to get depressed, I mean, yeah, if you want, if you just want to depress our listeners, go to hell. Hey, I'm. I'm I'm comfortable with the prediction that one day you will die. I'm comf comfortable with that. Uh, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with that prediction. I mean, it. Hey, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with it sooner rather than later. <laughs> I got. I'm the one with the uh, President Snow hair on Hunger Games. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to take a quick break, Jimmy. We're going to come back because I want to fill you in on some of the U.S. Army All American stuff that uh, has been happening. All right, Jimmy, so I know you missed uh, the U.S. Army All-American game. I assume you've, you've taped it 
I assume. I don't know. I mean, I just kind of know the kind of guy you are. Caleb so. Downs with a pick, I hear. Came across my my uh, my phone. My phone informed me that Caleb Downs had a pick today, huh? Justice Haynes, um, he, he had a fumble. He may have even had two fumbles. I think he only had one fumble, though. But um, he also broke off a really nice big – let me tell you something, Alabama fans. Um, we, we, we are the worst ever about doing this. We see a player and we, we love to compare him to a pass player. Justice Haynes is Mark Ingram. He's Mark Ingram. He's just Mark Ingram. Yeah, I he, love that. He, I love the work. I did Dude. like it at first, but now I love it. J- Jimmy, you've got to see these highlights today. He had two really nice runs today. Now, I didn't – I was watching Bama, Kentucky, and this game simultaneously, so I didn't see everything that went on, even though I had two TVs on right in the same room together watching them. Um but I saw Haynes had an, a fabulous run that was almost a little more reminiscent of Trent Richardson uh, running against Auburn in the Iron Bowl in 2000, and I guess that would be 11, uh, or oh. Ole Miss in 2011, where Mark Jones had a pretty famous call for ESPN for that. So his run, he, he is able to break free, and he gets all the way down the right sideline, and he cuts it left. But not like I mean, I'm talking about dead left, like 90 degree angle cuts it, and he starts running like along the the uh, one of the hash marks. I mean, he just and then he tries to cut it back up, but there were so many people there by then. I mean, he was just trying to make a play, and it was a great play. It was a great run. And then he had another run where he busts up the middle and he gets about 11, 12 yards. And I thought that's that's Mark Ingram. That's exactly what Mark Ingram would have done. Caleb Downs did have a pick. Um, they, they were raving about him most of the day. You want to talk about something that's kind of uh, weird? Uh, Yanzi Pierre and then Keon Keeley both had roughing the passer penalties like in the first five minutes. And now they did. They hit him a little high, whoever it was. They hit him a little high. But I'm not really worried about that. Keon Keeley, I, I just left the game to come cut this podcast. He just made a huge sack. Um, they've been raving about him all day. Um, Auburn did get a commitment from Tyler Scott, a guy that Alabama was looking at. Uh, I think eventually we we didn't offer. I know he probably uh, – I don't think, I don't think he had the option of committing to Alabama today, but he did have the option of committing to Alabama at one point. That's one, yeah, of, the things, that. that's one of the things that infuriates me about some takes on recruiting about the, yeah. who's good enough to do what. I mean, Tyler Scott could have been at Alabama. Could he have committed to Alabama today? No. Could he have committed to Alabama a while back? Yeah, probably. Um. Trying to think, uh, Caden Proctor, they've been saying a lot of good things about him all day. It's always hard to discern what's happening. I'll tell you a guy who's <laughs> who impressed me, and it just sort of makes me go, oh, God, not again. Tamarian Parker from Central yeah, Phoenix City. He's going to Clemson. Big fan. Big he, fan. He's more slender than I, than I remember. He's a I'm, schematic, tough fit. I mean, front seven guys always warn everybody. Everybody in the league plays a different scheme in the front seven, and some guys are good fits. Some play. I mean, here's the most obvious example for you old folks. Keith McCants played inside linebacker at Alabama and then was drafted, you know, number six in the NFL by the Buccaneers. And, and the Buccaneers at the time played a 4-3 and not a 3-4 like Alabama. So they moved him to another spot. And then it's like, what happened to Keith McCants? He's a bust. Well, he didn't play that position at Alabama. It's just a brand new position. And that, that's just what happens with some front seven guys. I'm not sure Alabama has a position for Tamarian Parker because at Alabama, what is he? I mean, I guess he's a Jack linebacker, but is he as athletic as Will and Keon Keeley? 
No, no, no. no it's not oh, he's, so he's a down lineman. But is he going to be as big as Byron Young or Marcel Darius? I, so I'm I just saying that I, I think with some guys, they're just – it's tough to fit them into what we do. That doesn't mean he's not a great player. Clemson – he's going to Clemson, right? They, they run – they do run a 4-3. He's going to be a defensive end in a 4-3, which is – him that's what he that fits him he's probably gonna be a really good player there but it doesn't mean that Alabama messed up or did you know it, it's just a better fit for him Peter Woods that's different because we do have a position for Peter Woods and 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 you know he just chose to be somewhere else but but Tamarian Parker to me was a, a rough fit in uh in, in what we do versus Clemson and that makes total sense to me. Um, but again, it's always hard to swallow when you see a state of Alabama guy yes. in a U.S. Army All-American game make big plays and he's going to play for Clemson. I mean, you, we can talk more. about fit and, and all that, but in the end, that that's sort of where it is. Couldn't agree um, more. And I get upset with it more, it's more than anybody else. I mean, I brought it up to somebody uh, important on the phone last couple of days. This upcoming draft, I think second year in a row, Mobile is going to produce more NFL draft picks than any city in the country. They did it last year. They're going to do it again, back-to-back years. Not Atlanta, not Dallas, not Miami, not L.A., Mobile. And uh, and, and we're, we're not offering any of these guys. And, and a lot of them were, by the way, three stars with no SEC offers, and they just – but, you know, I've said for years, the, the, the problem about Mobile recruiting is it's so cyclical. It's either great or bad, and when the perception is it's bad, nobody recruits there. And, and there's still all these good players because it, Mobile has this big – truth to it that it is so so what that means is sometimes it does get ignored and and uh and we'll see what happens when it gets ignored that's why all these kids i mean there's a a defensive back from maryland it's going to be a you know top three rounds top four rounds no alabama no auburn well uh a guy that also stood out with four touchdowns today by the way justice haynes caught one of these touchdowns is dante moore who flipped from oregon to ucla uh, Jimmy, this guy is yeah. a dude. He's yeah. he's a star in the making. Yeah, I, I think he's he's going to make UCLA fun to watch by himself. I'm Good friends you. with uh, Richard Young, by the way. He's tight with Richard Young. Him and Richard Young are like BFFs. Well, I would love for these two to to meet on the. I mean, I'd love to play UCLA again out there, here in a bowl game, whatever. Um, I've always uh, enjoyed th- that program, really, and. Um, so, I, boy, he's going to be a problem for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 quarterbacks next year, now that you throw him in the mix, Bo Nix, uh, Caleb Williams, uh, Dante Moore. Penix. Penix. Uh, I think Arizona's quarterback's coming back or something. I mean, Best it, quarterback anyone, no one's ever heard of, Cameron Ward at Washington State. Yep. Cam Rising, he's coming back. Cam in. Rising, great mm-hmm. player. At Utah, yep. so let me. Uh, so I wanted to I wanted to bring up more. And Ohio State's wide receiver commitments looked really good. LSU has another tight end commitment named Pimpton, who uh, caught a big pass. I mean, he was he's a big dude. He looked good too. Um, and finally, I wanted to just throw this out there. I saw it like randomly on Twitter. Josh Jacobs has a six year old son, so he had this son while he was at Alabama. Certainly not unheard of, but I I just didn't know it at the time. And his six year old son found his grandfather. Like he was obviously either at, I think he had had a heart attack and his six-year-old son found him and called 911. And so they, they get him, they rush him to the hospital. I think he's, I think he's still in the hospital right now. Um, and, you know, thankfully the grandson saw him. Um, but Josh Jacobs is going to be rushing 
today against the Chiefs to try and solidify his uh, rushing record and for the uh, NFL this year. Now, I mean, he'll just have the the most rushing yards this year in the NFL. It won't be a record, but it'll be a big deal. So um, everybody just you know be pulling for Josh Jacobs a little bit more than you usually do today because that a moment like that gets overshadowed a little bit because of all the uh, the Hamlin stuff, which I totally get. I understand that was on live TV on Monday Night Football, and that was a monster deal. Um, but I didn't even hear anything about this story until Twitter right. today, which is Saturday. I just thought that was a little bit odd. But, Jimmy, I know you got to get out of here, man. Uh, great job with the crowd today. I could tell because you were there, you really pumped them up. Hey, shout out to Fluffopotamus. Uh, we miss you. We, we Boy, what a day he would have had today if he could have been there, the crowd, pumping that group up, right? Yep. Oh, absolutely. And thanks to the uh, small group of people that uh, recognize me. Uh, it's easy with this uh, hair. Uh, <laughs> and that listen to the podcast. And uh, thank you. No, thanks for everybody that listens and, and says hi. Uh, I really uh, appreciate that, me and Luke do. And uh, thanks for uh, making us uh, probably what is literally uh, the most listened to podcast uh, that, that covers Alabama sports. Uh, we're, we're, we're both uh, thrilled and thankful and stunned and stunned. Did anybody say anything about me, Jimmy? <laughs> a couple of the girls, a couple of the hot girls. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, you tell them, you tell them I'm married, but it's, oh, it's open. It's not. Exactly what I told them. So anyway, all right, buddy, that's going to do it for today. We'll catch you next time. Roll Tide. I said, I said. (laughs) Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide.